0: nerd of paradise. I'm your host, Kate, and this episode is all about FogCon 8. So, whether you're listening for the first time, um, maybe you were at FogCon, or maybe you're a regular listener, or maybe you remember last year's FogCon episode, you are very welcome, and I think you'll enjoy this episode. So, in case you've never heard of FogCon, I'll start with their origin story which is found on their website FogCon.org. So what is FogCon? Friends of the genre, FogCon is a literary-themed San Francisco Bay Area science fiction and fantasy con in the tradition of WizCon. Each year we focus on a new theme in speculative fiction and invite honored guests ranging from writers to scientists to artists. We build community, exchange ideas, and share our love for the literature of imagination. So, it's a literary based convention, so that's very interesting and fun. Um, so, I had a really good time. This was my second year in a row attending. Like I mentioned before, I did cover it last year, so maybe if you haven't heard that episode, after you listen to this one, you might want to go back and listen to my coverage from last year. It was really fun. Uh, I got to see a lot of people that I met last year and people I've been following online. So it was really fun to meet up with them and see how everyone was doing. One thing that FogCon does really well is the programming. So there were so many good panels and, you know, it was impossible to attend them all, but I thought I would just uh, mention a few of the highlights that I enjoyed. So the panel on imposter syndrome was really, really good. Um, I feel like that is an issue that's affecting a lot of people and maybe especially so in the writing community so it was interesting to hear the perspectives and you know some tips and some tricks on how you can uh, combat imposter syndrome maybe we'll have to do an entire episode sometime on imposter syndrome because I think it's something that resonates with a lot of people the game room was fun you know this year we did a sketch off So we just kind of just sat there with our art supplies and did whatever we want and i enjoyed that uh there was also a gadget petting zoo i think it was called so you'll hear a little bit of audio of that later on and the game room in general was just fun there was lots of variety of games you could just go in and relax and kind of take a break from some of the panels if you wanted um so this year's theme was performance so There was some cool music, um, which we will hear a little bit of when I get to the audio. The Liars panel, um, that was the first time I had attended that one, so that was pretty fun. It's basically just uh, improv, you know, people making stuff up on the spot, but it was pretty amusing. There was the Acting Normal panel, which my brother Micah was on. Again, you know, it's really, really thought-provoking, interesting panels with people's perspectives that you might not have thought about so again that's something FogCon really excels at of course you know since it's a literary con there are several readings so this time especially I was at several of the different readings and it was really cool last year I didn't I don't think I got to attend any of the readings I was doing other stuff but this year I went to quite a few so I really liked that it was kind of like story time for adults you just kind of sit back and listen to them tell their stories so that was really cool and I got to meet some really cool people that way and uh one of the last panels or readings I guess that I did was the one with the honored guests uh Andrea Hairston and Ada Palmer they reading excerpts from their different books so I really enjoyed that one both very interesting ladies. And again, you will be hearing from Ada Palmer, uh, just a teaser, um, to close this episode out. So be sure to stay till the very end. All right. So with that, I think I'm going to go ahead and just give you some audio from the weekend. I'll probably try to play it pretty much in order of how it happened. So I hope you guys enjoy. So I'm over here in the dealer's room, so uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about like what genre, genre you write in and that kind of thing. Okay.
1: Uh, my name is Naomi uh, Brett Rourke and um, I write horror and um, sci-fi and crime and uh, whatever else kind of takes my, uh, my mind in weird places. I just had a a wonderful story in um, Straight Out of Tombstone, which was uh, a bestseller this last uh, uh, summer. Nice. And it has people like, uh, you know, Larry Correa and uh, Jim Butcher in it, and I'm I'm very, very Mm -hmm. pleased to be in that one. Um, But I uh, do a lot of Native American tales, speculative. Um, anything like that. Nice. Are those
0: yeah. Kachina dolls over
1: there? Those are Kachina dolls. Um, one of my stories, the one in um, Life on the Res, um, has uh, a, a Dine uh, Ye, Yebushay. And um, these guys kind of represent them to me. Um, and there are they're, yeah, they're a variety of different uh, guys. The one on the corner there is a mud- Mudhead. Okay. And uh, that was what um, theoretically human beings were supposed to be, but they were so stupid, they <laughs> stopped and started again. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and have you ever heard of the Herd Museum in Phoenix? I have. So, like, I, I have, really like, want to go someday. Collection there. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Yeah. I would love to go.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to tell people how they can find you online? Absolutely. You can find me online.
1: At NaomiBrock um, I'm also on Twitter at Naomi B. Rourke and um, and on Facebook. So look me up. I would love to have awesome. you Very cool. say hello.
0: Okay, so who am I talking with?
2: Hi, this is Greg and Laura Price, and we have a company called Steamy Tech. Very
0: cool. So steampunk for those. Since this is audio, you can see. You can probably hear all the clicking all the gears clicking and everything yes. but yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about um how you got into
3: steampunk?
2: so we joined a hacker space and started designing some geared things for us and people like them and that was five years ago so now we build lots of different kinds of geared items and kits for people to build that's
0: so cool
4: um tell us about a few of those different products okay well we well, We started out with some really simple things Um, and I'll move over here to our coasters. We started out playing with planetary gears and planetary gears are really neat because they have a, a big little Sun gear in the middle and a thing on the outside we call an analyst and everybody has seen them and planetary gears are in everything. They use them in cars, they use them every place else and so we started with wanting to build a planetary gear set and make them spin because most steampunk artists don't do anything that move and we decided if we were going to build gears they had to work yeah. so we started out with these very simple coasters and the people discovered that they really really liked them <laughs> and wanted to play with them and we Nothing. needed things to fidget with and we were doing fidget spinners in this sense long, game, b- no. long before the world got popular so <laughs> we do a whole bunch of coasters with all kinds of different patterns on them mm-hmm. and uh compass rose, a hops coaster, a grapes coaster, whatever you like. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've done some things with exotic gears as well and stacking up our planetary coasters. And we do things like a a heart cannon pendant with a set of imaginary gears on them. So you kind of get a really cool heart-shaped thing you can play with, but it's gears that don't look like they should work. Yeah. Um, and last year we decided we had to do fidget spinners because fidget spinners <laughs> were all the craze. But nice. we decided we were going to do fidget spinners with gears on them. Nice. So That's so cool. We did a set with planetary gears that have a pretty rose pattern that they make. And then we nice. also did one with Geneva gears. So you can actually have gears that move one at a time. So it's all about That's what kind so of cool. interesting gears can we use. That's awesome. and What can we do with
0: them? So can you talk just a little bit about like what's the process of making a gear?
4: Um, We actually have some software that helps us with generating gears. Um, You can do it a bunch of different ways. Inkscape is one of them that's for free. Um, And it's a combination of how do we want to generate the gears and what do we want to do with it, right? So how are we going to take a new interesting set of gears patterns and do something with it? And it becomes this collaborative conversation. Greg says, we should make. And I say, (laughs) you can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> and then we together figure out how to do it and make it something really fun. And then we turn that's them all so cool. both into finished products and kits where we can. Because that's so cool. Because we want people to be able to enjoy making. Mm-hmm. And we've figured out that people really love it. About the third time we saw one of our pieces that had been taken apart and put into somebody's costume, we decided oh, wow. it was time.
0: Yeah, that's a really good idea.
4: And our latest incarnation of all of that is a subscription box where we send projects out to people to build every two months. Very so. cool.
0: Awesome. Okay. Um, do you want to tell people how they can find you online? Yeah, you can
4: find us online at steamytech.com, steam like steam, steamy like steamy, <laughs> tech t-e-c-h.com, cool. um, and also boxofmaking.com is a subscription box that has all of our subscription box projects on it. Very cool. Thanks for
1: talking. Thank you.
0: Alright, so I assume you're Daniel Potter?
3: Yes, that is okay. me.
0: So I'm talking to Daniel Potter now in the dealer's room. Hello. How's it going?
5: I'm doing pretty well. It's <laughs> a bit slow. <laughs>
0: yeah, first day... Probably will pick up a little, you know, like with the weekend. Hopefully. And kind of but yeah, go ahead and um, tell us about uh, what you like to write about, what genres you like, that kind of thing.
5: <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fantasy writer. I write uh, a series called Freelance Familiars. It's uh, three books right now. Um, it's about uh, looking at the magical world from the bottom up, it's about uh, a man named Thomas, who's a librarian and he gets pulled into the magical universe, but instead of getting cool powers, he gets turned into a mountain lion. (laughs) lion. And he spends uh, the series trying to stake out a life for himself that uh, doesn't involve lifelong servitude to a wizard or a witch, despite his lack of thumbs. He's accompanied by his best friend, who is a squirrel, with a love for high explosives, <laughs> and nice. uh, a fire mage named Omera, who uh, is is a is a war vet, pretty much, and uh, the adventures they have, and the scraps they get into, and the places they explode. <laughs>
0: Very cool. So, how many books are there in the series? So
5: there's far? three books. There's Off Leash, which is the first one. There's Marking Territory. And then there's High Stakes. Wow. Stakes as in the meat. Not the <laughs> book. Very cool.
0: So, who are some of your inspirations as an
5: author? Oh. Um, Terry Pratchett is probably one of my biggest inspirations, Neil Gaiman. Um, uh, I write. I write to sort of explore new experiences and that sort of stuff, and really uh, imagine different worlds and how they would feel. Feel, and uh, to have uh, more fun. I'm not so much into grim dark. Dark. Um, this this series is definitely has uh, plenty of uh, a humorous ele- element to it. Mm-hmm. My next series, which I'm working on, called uh, Scales in Sky, which will feature uh, Sky Pirates versus Dragons, nice. is uh, going to be a bit more action, even more action-adventure.
0: Okay. Adventure. Cool. All right, so um, do you want to tell everyone how they can find you online?
5: Sure. I, the easiest way is to go to fallenkitten.com. Okay. Um, that's my website. Site. I'm fallenkitten. Uh, fallenkitten pro on Twitter. Okay. Um, and you can uh, look up the freelance familiars on Amazon. Off leash is
2: 99 cents right now.
0: Okay. <laughs> Good to know. All right, cool. Well, thanks for chatting.
2: Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome. that you haven't had too much of any unusual substances, and B you warn me immediately because I'd like to find it. <laughs> uh, and this is not a terribly formal convention, so that's the that's the opening part for a bit of ceremony.
4: This is something I have wanted to do since FOTCON 1 and have never ever gotten it together to do. This is something that people in Canada do regularly, and you're seeing it more and more in the United States. And nice. that is, have their phones go black right,
2: right when they need them, right? <laughs> I think that's global. <laughs> okay. The FOGCON
4: Committee would like to acknowledge the Socklon tribe of the Bay Miwok Nation, the traditional custodians and caretakers of the land on which we meet, mm. and pay our respects to all elders, past and present.
0: Okay, so we're at the, um, where's it, the tech petting zoo? Is that what we're sure. calling this? Sure, that works. So you got a table full of goodies here. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about some of them?
5: Sure. Um, it's miscellaneous toys and devices and gadgets. Um, partly it's just to show them off. Partly it's uh, so that people who might be interested in getting one can try them in person. Um, do you want to hear about specific items? Or?
0: Um, how about, like, what's your favorite thing on
5: Favorite thing. Do you
0: have a favorite? <laughs> I,
5: it would be hard to say. I, I had different favorites in different categories, but I am awfully fond of this portal gun uh, from the video game Portal, which unfortunately doesn't work entirely. I mean, these aren't really portable surfaces, but.
0: <laughs> nice. Got the lightsaber there and the BB-8 and, um, and various okay, things that
2: go and make Are sounds. and... No.
0: <laughs>
1: yes, there's a very realistic triple over there.
0: Uh, what was the little book thing that like lights up?
5: Oh,
2: that's just a, a lamp.
5: Oh, okay. uh, that's cool. Open it up and it lights.
0: Nice. That's cool. Yeah, lots of other cool little things like uh, Rubik's cubes, fidget spinners,
6: action
5: figures. Yeah. Uh,
0: very cool. Your Bluetooth uh, typewriter keyboard. Yes. Yeah. That's
5: that's
2: generally quite popular when I show this stuff that's pretty to people.
0: Cool. So
2: awesome. would you mind giving
0: some audio about your tech devices over here?
2: Well these are actually these are actually just Raspberry Pis one sort or another. The one connected to the monitor is a Pi 3B with a Pi drive attached to it. So it's got a 314 gigabyte disk drive. The one with the small keyboard and a little screen is a, an early Pi 2B connected to the Raspberry Pi Foundation seven inch display. And the one with the refrigerator magnet quips on it is a Pi Zero and a uh, Adafruit three and a half inch screen. Okay. And then I've got various other bits around if people are curious. Uh, also, the one on the big monitor's got a good keyboard. It's a, <laughs> a unicomp keyboard with mechanical key switches.
0: So it's like...
2: Try typing audio. on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: audio over here. You hear that? Some good typing action here. Yeah. Very, like, sweet. Yeah.
6: Right? <laughs> cool. All right, so we're
0: here at FogCon. Last day of the con. I'm here with Effie Cybert.
6: Hi. Nice to be on again.
0: Oh. Yeah, good to have you back. So we just finished your reading, which was awesome. What was the title of it? I missed that, by the way.
6: It's called Optimizing the Verified Good.
0: Okay. that was so good. You know, I am a big, like, Joyd slash robot fan and everything. So do you want to just tell people maybe, like, the premise of it?
6: Sure. So um, <clears throat> this is somewhat based on an actual event I've gone to every year for the past 10 years or so called the Robo Games. Um, it, this is something that's been televised occasionally as like battle bots or combats or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but it's teams getting together with these remote-controlled, giant, you know, hundreds of pounds robots, uh, in an arena, and they wallop each other to death. The oh. robots, not the people. <laughs> and Thank my story. <laughs> yes, that would be terrifying. And so my story um, is the story of a cleaner bot who goes into the arena between oh. battles. Uh, and sort of sweeps up all the ground-off and broken-off robot bits. Uh, And this cleaner bot used to be a battle bot before uh, there was an introduction of a pain response to help uh, guide the robots towards doing what people wanted to program them to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, scientists actually in real life have been working on figuring out, should we make robots feel, you know, feel, quotations, Mm -hmm. pain... Um, because that could be a way to keep them more careful of themselves and like ding themselves up less, mm-hmm. if they like if that becomes another way of thinking about it. And so I sort of put together this idea of robots with pain and the idea of these battlebot fights, mm-hmm. and out came a story of game theory and a little bit of PTSD and a little bit of how to optimize your revolution.
0: Awesome, that was so good. So tell people um, where they can or when and where they can find that story.
6: So this story is going to be out in Analog uh, Magazine in, I believe, September awesome. of this year.
0: Very cool. So yeah, definitely stay tuned for that. Cool.
6: So you having a good con? Oh, it's great. FogCon is my favorite con. Yeah. Um, I, I love it because it's smaller, so it feels mm-hmm. more intimate, and the people are just always great. I always make great friends here.
0: Yeah. it's been. There's been some really interesting panels, like you were on the um, imposter syndrome one.
6: I was, yes. That
0: was really that was a really interesting one. Uh, do you have any thoughts on imposter syndrome? I know it's like kind of broad,
6: but absolutely. <laughs> uh, so many. We filled a panel with them. Um, I know. So yeah. So imposter syndrome is when you feel like you don't actually get to belong here. You haven't actually achieved or accomplished or been sort of appropriately vetted um, to be where. Or you are doing what you're doing and you kind of feel like a fraud. And what's interesting is that I found as as writers, we pretty much all feel this all the time. And one of the things that was great for me when I got into writing is to find that there was a community of people who were also dealing with this exact same thing. Uh, we call these little, these horrible, niggling thoughts that just don't go away and kind of eat at your brain, we call them brain weasels. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like that. And uh, they're... they're they have very high temerity, um, mm-hmm. and they're terrible. But finding that there was this whole community of people who thought just like I did and felt the same things was great. And being able to open up about it and get supported by it, now imposter syndrome isn't nearly as much of a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Still a problem, still there, mm-hmm. but it's easier to sort of roll with it and accept it as part of the part of the space.
0: Awesome! So burn all the brain weasels. Burn all the brain weasels with <laughs> fire! Absolutely. <Yes. laughs> That's awesome. I guess we can kind of start to wrap things up, but do you have, like, any advice that you would give people wanting to get into writing?
6: Uh, The brain weasels are real. Mm -hmm. Ignore them. It's really, 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 really hard to ignore them because they're right there in your head. Um, But everybody gets them. Everybody has these sort of uh, fluctuations in how they think about their own writing, like, oh, my God, this is the most brilliant thing ever, to why did I even think I could English? (laughs) Yeah. And that is normal. That is not you not being cut out for writing. That is not uh, you being unstable or unbalanced. That's just how this works. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you can just get on board with it, you learn how to ride it out, and uh, then it just becomes a normal part of life. So don't give up because of brain weasels.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. So why don't you tell us where we can find you, like on Twitter and Interwebs, all that good
6: stuff. Absolutely. So uh, my website is just effiecyberg dot com, um, and I'm sure it'll be spelled on your yeah I'll on the podcast. So Definitely. yeah, and uh, on Twitter I'm fes, uh, and I tweet stuff about writing and about very ridiculous animals yes. and about science and politics and mostly ridiculous animals. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so. Which yeah, you can uh, find most of my work is uh, linked from my website to various podcasts and uh, magazines and so on. And Very cool. You can go read it there. Yay! Sounds good. Cool. Well, thanks for chatting. Thanks so much for having me on your show again. Yay! Yay!
3: Okay,
0: so I'm here with Ellis Johnson. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you. You having a
3: good con? It's a very good con. It's my seventh FogCon con. Oh, now. nice. It's, it's always good.
0: That's Awesome. So with FogCon, how
3: is it different than other cons that you've been to? I think it's much smaller, it's more intimate, Mm -hmm. but at the same time the panels are really invigorating. Uh, My friend and I often talk about how it feels like a semester of graduate school in three days. (laughs) It is such an intense, intellectual, um, just inspiring inspiring three days. That's very
0: cool. All right, so uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself as an author and like what kind of genre you like to write in and that kind of thing?
3: I write weird fiction and fantasy. Uh, my first collection, Vacui Magia, was a finalist for the World Fantasy Award last year. Um, and I've also published a gothic novella called Harkworth Hall. Uh, the sequel to that, Leviathan, should be out a little later this year. Nice. And after that, we are back in novel writing land <laughs> indefinitely. Very cool. <laughs>
0: Hey. So, uh, where do you draw your inspirations
3: from? Um, I draw them, I have an academic background, and so I think a lot about philosophy and critical theory, and then I also really just have a thing for angry women. And women and violence, women committing violence, is one of the things that's just always... Fascinated me, I can't imagine why in this day and age, um, but uh, combining those two things and mm-hmm. you know, I think of fantasy as externalizing the metaphor in a way, so we speak a lot in metaphors and analogies, and fantasy allows mm-hmm. us to actually play those out
0: yeah, that's true, so like to what extent do you use like uh, modern day events and things like that?
3: Um, I don't set a lot of things in the modern world. I actually set a lot of stories in the 18th century mm-hmm. because I feel like that period mirrors a lot of economic disparities and um, sort of questioning about you know, who gets to be, you know, the, what it means to be a citizen, a, an individual, a person. Um, and it lets me talk about them in an indirect way. So people think, oh, it's just historical fiction, but at least I can express some of my concerns about now in that time period. Interesting.
0: Very cool. What advice do you have for people who would like to
3: get into writing? Uh, start with the collection. Start with the collection. I mean, I meant it in some ways. I know this is always like the no no of self publishing or designing a collection. Um, it does thematically link, but it was also a bit of a mixtape. So there's novelettes in there, there's hmm. flash fiction in there. And I did mean it to show a range of my work.
0: Okay, very cool. All right, so um, why don't you tell people how they can find you online?
3: So my website um, is traversingz.com, all one word. Um, But also if you Google L.S. Johnson, it will pop up. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me that way, and I'm always open for... DMs, emails, anything like that. I'm pretty responsive.
0: Okay, very cool. Well, thanks for chatting. Thank you. Awesome. All right, so I hope you've enjoyed my coverage from FogCon 8. So I just wanted to mention another panel I forgot to mention earlier. It was the Ada Palmer uh, spotlight, I guess you would say. Ada Palmer is amazing. She really knows her stuff, and it was so, so Riveting just listening to her talk about the history of books and the printing press and I could have literally listened to her talk all day. So, I'd like to formally invite Ada Palmer to come on Nerd of Paradise sometime. So, Ada, if you're listening, I would love to have you on sometime and chat about like banned books or even just more about the history of books and the printing press. That would be amazing. So, all right. So, FogCon 8 is done with, so preparations are underway next year for FogCon 9, and the theme is going to be friends, so definitely don't miss that, folks, especially if you're a writer or in the literary scene, you definitely want to check out FogCon next year. So check out fogcon.org for more information and to find all the portals for social media. To close this episode out... I thought it would be appropriate to end with Ada Palmer's song that she sang at the closing ceremony. So I will leave you with Ada Palmer and uh, you've been listening to Nerd of Paradise. And be sure to follow us on social media. That's Anna Pod on Twitter. And then you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and of course our website, nerdofparadise.net. So I'll see you soon and to close things out, here's Ada Palmer.